Welcome to And Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And nothing like a warm tuna fish sandwich before drag racing, it's the Fast and the Furious. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Joe, how are you doing today? Jeff, another day, another, <laughs> another day. Vin another Vin Diesel movie. Another. I'm thrilled to say this was not another Vin Diesel. I don't see this enough Vin Diesel movies for that to be a saying in my life. Our, Thankfully. Our first on the pod. And well, yes. and I was like being facetious as I started that sentence, but you know, there's Saving Private Ryan, there's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. There are there's some good films. To be fair, he has what, one line in Guardian of the Galaxy? Well, two, technically. He says, I'm Groot, and spoilers, he does at one point say, we are Groot. Oh, right. Right, right, right. But he's de- they don't just copy-paste that. No, no, no. He's he- giving a full <laughs> performance. I will say, he surprised me in this mm-hmm. movie, mm-hmm. but I wasn't like, gosh, I've been sleeping no. on this Vin Diesel right, character. Right. And lest we forget, Iron Giant. Might be might be his best role. Well, I've never seen it. Titch- oh, you never saw Iron Giant. No. Oh, it's so good. Amy I know you Joe. keep telling me, and I've just no, not and I just seen and it. I just keep forgetting that you still haven't mm-hmm, seen it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's like you with Titanic. Every time you tell me, I'm like, Ty what? what? Never her? heard of it. Is there an Iron Giant in that? Then I'm not. Yes, inter- there is. Okay, well then we can it watch. Sinks. If this tight, ty- dang it. <laughs> Spoilers! I mean, if that Titanic could suddenly start flying around and become friends, now we're talking. It's like a robot boat. No, yeah, it's I'm like interested. a Mrs. Frizzle's magic school bus, but it's yes. like you know the Titanic. What, what's yes. not to love? Yes, Iron Titanic. I'd be interested, as if I only watch films with talking <laughs> robots. <laughs> the only stipulation. <laughs> the only stipulation. These cars should have started talking. I, I, these fast, these Fast and Furious cars. That because you just told me. That they're trying to combine the Jurassic World franchise well, and Fast and Furious. Well, it was a meme. I don't know oh, how was a real meme. that oh, okay. was. But I mean, sure, studios are stupid. But why aren't you combining it with the Transformers franchise? I feel Dinosaurs, like it's so close. It's so close. Especially, we'll get a bit into it later, but especially like the technology in the eighth one, which you do not see. You've seen this and you've seen the seventh one. Correct. In the eighth one... Charlie Theron is the big bad as Cypher, and her character is a Cypher. Well, imagine uh, that. But she's what if got- she just like talked all the time and told you everything you wanted to know? I that, always want Charlie Theron talking that. and telling me everything I want. I know, know, but that'd be great because her name was Cypher, and you'd be like, "Wow, they really slipped one over on me." I was thinking Cypher in the sense of that there's nothing going on personality wise. Oh, I was thinking Cypher, slate. meaning like you can't tell what's happening with them. That's like a cipher. Know. A cipher to me is someone who you're like, I can't really get a bead on this person. Or, uh, you know, she's, it's a combined role with the other famous cipher, Joe Pantoliano, from Joe Matrix. Pants from the matrix, mm-hmm. uh, giving, trying to give Vin Diesel some guff. Uh, but no, she's got like some device that can just control all the cars. So there's just like, they're driving around New York and suddenly like, all these cars start flying out of this parking garage from like the third stories. They're all driving around and they're all being controlled so except for the ones that our heroes drive. It's like maximum mark. overdrive. It's very max. It's, it's VV maximum overdrive. Uh, and and it, yeah, it's just getting more and more. <laughs> Don't they wreck too many bananas. cars though for the cars to be anthropomorphic? If this would turn to a tragedy very quickly. That's true. And you know what? It could use it because yeah. it's so many of these characters that keep coming back. They rarely kill off these characters. And the few times they do, they come back. <laughs> 
or it's because the actor is deceased. Well, that's a little different. But yes. even then, he, the character is not dead. Brian, that's true. Brian lives on in the Fast and Furious franchise in the universe, as far as I know. Uh, but we're not talking about the somehow eight following films. We're talking about that first one. We're Oof. talking about that first Fast and Furious film. Uh, and also, real quick, listener, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen uh, and tell a friend if you're enjoying the show spread that love spread the love baby yes but we wanted to do this first film the fast and the furious which came out on june 22nd 2001 for two reasons a 20 year anniversary oh, can you believe sick. it and because of course the ninth film of this franchise is coming out, I believe, this Friday. I'm terrible with my dates. Uh, but it's coming out real soon, uh, I, which I, ca I can't believe. I cannot believe. Although, you know, they started getting real fun. Like, starting from the fifth one, it's really once you introduce The Rock and but you become a cartoon. sequels to it's like, oh, five gets really good. What TV shows take five <laughs> seasons to get cooking? Not ones that stay on the air. No, no. Um, I'm sure there's something that I'm just blanking on. I, I, but like some that would be like, oh no, you gotta like season four is where it goes. Well, here's the problem: you've got your first one, your second one. Vin Diesel didn't want to come back for, mm -hmm. so it's its own thing. Although you get John Singleton, you get Boys in the Hoods, John Singleton directing, which to mm -hmm. me is a, a huge step above Rob Cohen for this sure. one. Third one is Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Nothing to do with anything until the very end. Quick cameo by Vin Diesel just showing up to be like, next time, baby. And then the fourth one, they bring everyone back. The fourth one, like, did just well enough for them to be like, well, let's make a fifth one. And that one, they abandoned most of the all CGIing. And let's just get some real cars doing real stunts. Because that, I mean. That's what makes anything exciting about this movie. The last the half hour Ooh. is a very different movie from yes. the first whatever 70 80 minutes that's so exciting when it becomes like a mini mad max yeah that's great and when it's so much practical effects and that's where the the franchise started to get to but now it has like <laughs> they're trying to like fight submarines and i believe they are going somewhat into space in this, oh, in this, in this one <laughs> yeah this first one meanwhile is just about some robbers stealing some dvd players is the most like low stakes like fbi yes. or police operation um, but yes, this first one, The Fast and the Furious, was directed by Rob Cohen and written by Gary Scott Thompson, Eric Bergquist, and David Ayer. Amy Jo, what's your experience with The Fast and the Furious? Had you seen it before? I mean, I, I had, as we said. Well, oh, you haven't seen this one before. Yes, I have. You've seen this first I one before? I saw it in its initial theatrical run, but I saw it as a double feature at a drive-in with Gone in 60 Seconds. I did not realize this. Yes. And that's like doing a double feature of Armageddon and Deep Impact. It is exactly Volcano like that. But Peak. also, we're in a parking lot full of cars. Wow. I was in high school. I was there with like eight <laughs> the of my friends. The perfect setting, a parking lot full of cars. Yes. None of us were like, pay the great thing about a drive-in is you can pay minimum attention and eat like a lot of snacks you yeah. know and mm -hmm. just like hang out and it was Colorado so it was like beautiful summer weather but yes the only thing I remembered about this um well was nothing I think actually I'm remembering <laughs> a little bit of Gone, oh, gone in 60, 60 seconds. seconds I was like oh when are they gonna start all I remembered cars? is when Nicolas Cage was driving yes. around and Angelina yes. Jolie I remember Angelina Jolie's haircut I remember that I remember that bleached blonde wig they slapped on Angelina yeah, Jolie I, I more remember the fact of it because i was like yeah. oh, we're going to a double feature and it's all car movies but it didn't matter That's what it was because we were just hanging hilarious. out well i'm so sorry i thought that you had never seen this i thought that because i made you watch the seventh one because i 
had only seen this one. It was a DVD rental, and I thought it was boring. Who cares? So mm-hmm. I skipped all of the following films, even when five and six were supposed to be fun. I was like, don't care, don't care. And I was on a regional gig. I was doing a show down in Virginia, and the seventh one was out. And I, I had like an afternoon free, and I was in every single second of this play, of this like two and a half hour play. So it was long days. And then I randomly had an afternoon free, and I was like, I'm, I'm going to go see whatever is at the movies. And the only movie theater around was this dollar theater that was just showing films from like th- that three, four months ago. Mm-hmm. And this was, it was only, I think it only had one screen. I have memory serve. So it was just fast, the this seventh fast option. and furious. And it wound up being great because it's a fun and so stupid, but B this screen was so old and so bad. It was so grainy and had so many scratch marks that it made it look like an old, like gr- 70s grindhouse film. That's and then awesome. I went back like a month later near the end of my contract, they were playing Mad Max Fury Road. And I might've enjoyed it more there than when I saw it the first time in theaters because it made it look like all scratched up and dirty. And it was like a cool way to see the specifically these two films, mm-hmm. especially and Mad Max Fury Road, of course, being a much, much, much better film. And then I went back and watched five and six. And I was like, oh, the, on like TV, they were on like FX while I was on a different contract where I had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh, these are, these ones are actually it. You know what? Five, it, it, it starts getting good at five. I gotta say, well, I gotta there say. You go. but this one, I'd only seen the one time. Well, I apologize. I didn't realize you hadn't seen this yet. Yeah, Gone in 60 seconds. I've seen so many times because it used to be on HBO oh, all the no. time. Well, you know, one was really too many times for me. That's a cast that I liked. You've got Giovanni Ribisi and yeah, Delroy yeah. Lindo and Robert oh, Bobby Duvall. And at the time I was like, Vinnie Jones was in movies. I liked he's in Snatch and he's like in, I think maybe he's in Lockstock, Two Smoking Barrels. I don't remember. Anyway, it was act and it was a real big cage head. I've kind of cooled on my cage love because he's really Nicholas cage. just, you know, he's got to pay for that t-rex skull and for all of the for the island crazy things that he buys um but yeah we're we're long past the salad days of nicholas cage oh, we've been long past the salad days of nicholas <laughs> this cage. is very true this is very true but yeah, i only seen it the one time so it was fun to revisit as just a 2001 period piece the 90s-ness of like that scene where they all get out and they're at the like the street drag racing thing yeah. and um is it like Michelle Rodriguez gets out of the car? Someone gets out of the car and they're wearing these like giant. Oh, no, it's at the very beginning. It's her introduction when she gets out of the car at the tuna restaurant. <laughs> yeah. As it is obviously known. She gets out and she's wearing these giant. Tor- Toretto's Market. Toretto. Oh, dumb Could you imagine Toretto. eating every day at Toretto's Market? Hey, you know what? He's on the job. He's got to get it done. But she like is wearing this like giant like rubber platform with like flames on it or something. It was just the nineties of the fashion, which yes, this was like 2001, 2000, 2001. 2001 yeah. But like, obviously it's like, still the nineties. 2001 the, is still the nineties. You're filming, the 90s. you've written your film in 98, 99. You're yes. filming it in 2000. It's coming it's out in like, 2001. Yeah, well, also like I was still. in college, like nine college. I was in high school, like 97 to one, something like that. So like those years you're talking about, that is, the fashion I recall, even if I didn't sport it, I certainly recall seeing it. I was just like, oh, man. Yeah, the, like, everyone dressed like Britney Spears in that one music video. Yes, oh, my God. There were so many <laughs> girls dressed like schoolgirls. I was like, wow, the reach of that music video was long, yeah. was long. But, yes, it was, um, 
It was not something I remembered from having viewed it. I didn't remember really anything. Really anything. Cars. Yeah. There are cars. There are cars in it. Yeah. I'd I'd forgotten a lot. I remembered like the broad strokes and that was it. I also used to confuse Paul Walker and Paul Bettany. Uh Uh-huh. Well, they're... Sure. They are both blonde Pauls. Blonde Pauls. Yeah. Very, very, to me, they're both blonde and both Pauls. To me, that's where the similarity ends. And yeah, yes, they are both attractive men to me in very different ways. There's the very, you know sun-kissed california vibe of paul walker and then mm-hmm. paul bettany is you know paul bettany's uh you know asking for a cup of tea let's just say i was watching more paul bettany movies and then i was yeah. like wait was paul bettany in fast and the fear this has been many years since i've cleared up this misunderstanding i think actually it was yeah. when paul walker died i was like no oh not paul bettany well that's still sad but still i sad. yes i was uh, yeah, I paul walker was like nowhere near an audition for a knight's tale or for master and commander. Correct. Or for a beautiful mind. I was about to Paul say, Walker, it was like a beautiful mind is the... Yeah, Paul Walker got locked out of the room and trying to audition for a beautiful mind. Nothing against Paul Walker, RIP. Uh, I think, he, I mean, he's got a perfect amount of presence yeah. uh, for, for films like this. Uh, and I do think like as it goes on, I think he's like a perfectly like fun... He is more believable in this kind of role than Keanu was in Point Break. Well, this is true. Well, Paul Walker is fine to just like lay off the gas pedal if we'll do a little car car puns if you will opposed to Keanu that when he's like if Keanu is like it doesn't matter if he doesn't have control of the vehicle of the character he's gonna white he's gonna he's gonna floor it and 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 give us the iconic like I am an FBI agent and and Paul Walker doesn't have any moment like Paul Walker is never gonna overplay anything and anything that I Mm -hmm. saw anyway um, but there were a few, I think the same year he had this movie Joyride with him and Steve Zahn, uh, where they're just like, well, you know, it'd be a great idea is to like prank this terrifying trucker over this ham radio and whoops, this, te- this guy didn't like it. So now he's st- this voiced by Ted Levine also, uh, oh, as he is Ted in this. Levine and truckers. I know. And Paul Walker It's like, this was the, the year of both. Mm. Um, but yes, then he's just stalking them. So it's also very like the spielberg's first film duel i mean like in the low 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 b movie version of that but it's mm-hmm. like pretty it's a pretty it was a pretty solid film from what i remember only having seen it the one time uh, but we're not talking about any of these things we're talking about fast and furious so spoilers ahead if you have not seen the fast and the furious or haven't seen it in a while here's a brief ish synopsis uh, we start with seeing this crew of drivers who've been attacking trucks stealing their cargo these panasonic <laughs> these these tvs that look like smaller than our microwave like the smallest screens Hmm. on these boxes and these dvd players and we meet brian this is weird i did not remember this that it takes us 35 minutes to learn that he's a police officer that it which i kind of thought was successful outside it doesn't give us like the real drive for a while of like why this guy just kind of wants to hang out with i will say that this first 30 minutes or so I was having a hard time drumming up any crap to give. You know, this was a, I was, I was wriggling around in my seat a little bit, wishing it over. Um, and then once we find out, I was like, okay, I'm interested. And then there was still it. more plot that I was like, could do without this. Yeah. And then yeah. it started moving when it was almost over. This is, it, it really starts. And then moving. it goes, that's it's suddenly it's gone in 60 seconds as uh-huh. as we're like we've got 60 seconds left of the film um but yeah we meet brian who we, he appears to work selling high performance auto parts and he has been eating a tuna fish sandwich on white bread no crust 
every day. I wish they said how many days. I would. I wish that it was months. If he was like from an undercover assignment, like I've got my one idea is just to keep eating the sandwich. They'll, she'll have. They'll. It'll have to get their attention at some point. Don't and like I've been it. here for two long years think, eating yeah, think, these. Didn't Vince or someone say like you've been here every day for three weeks? Something. Oh, like that, that one is three weeks. Maybe I'm making it up, but I have. I feel like by three weeks, your 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 superior officer Ted Levine is going to be like what you we're not paying you to eat sandwiches like you've got to get you got to get you got to try something else uh but yes he's eating these tuna fish sandwiches in this like and it's california so it's got the yellow filter all over the film so it just looks like everything is warm and sweaty and i can't imagine eating a tuna fish sandwich at toretto's market that's not a tuna for melt? three weeks for three that's weeks like a tuna melt Mwah, delicious but also you, you know a place with a tuna melt yeah, probably tr- has tr- refrigeration really, really like fry off that uh food poisoning that you're gonna get <sighs> um but yes also so he can flirt with the owner mia sister of infamous street racer dominic toretto and we also meet the rest of dom's crew jesse leon vince they're mostly interchangeable except uh, i think it's jesse is the one that's like the he's got the the paint of fingernails it's kind of the, oh, the, ner- ADHD. the AD, AS, yeah. adhd he's like the nerdier like kind of engineer one of the group yeah. yeah uh who i liked him i thought he was fun yeah. and of course letty dom's sort of girlfriend michelle rodriguez uh, and vince is the one who's just the worst who constantly hits on mia and starts a fight with brian until dom intervenes and the more you learn about them he must have been hitting on her since they were like six years old. Like she's the younger sister. Well, I guess she's actually a lot younger than Vin Diesel. But regardless, like if he's been hanging out with with Dom since they were six, how many years has Mia had to endure this meathead just like hitting on her? Yeah, I don't know. It is uh, uncomfortable. He seems to like Dom seems to be close with his sister. You'd think he'd be like yeah. doodly off. But then, you know, bro code, bro code. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, And that night, Brian brings a modified Mitsubishi Eclipse to an illegal street race and wagers the pink slip on his car, which Dom wins the race after Brian's car like malfunctions and almost explodes of this like the I'm a Nas, this not nitrous oxide. Nas, I'm a Nas. It's very it's very Mad Max in that way. Only they they're turning it on in their cars rather than spraying like stuff into their faces. You know that this yeah this should go even further. I want you know Vin Diesel to be spraying his mouth with chrome paint. Uh yeah to be going the road to Valhalla as as they should be like witness me and like having like these cars should be blowing (laughs) up. Witness me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Dom wins the race, and but the LAPD arrive before uh, Brian can hand over his vehicle. Brian helps Dom escape, but they accidentally venture into the territory of Dom's old racing rival, gang leader Johnny Tran, and his cousin Lance, who destroy Brian's vehicle. Yeah, these guys are brutal yeah no they're no joke they're like we're destroying the car by shooting bullets into it we very easily could shoot you and we don't care and uh, one of the few times that it made sense to me that a car explodes after getting yes. shot because of all Nosh! the, the nitrous these gas canisters of nitrous oxide like it's a miracle that this car didn't blow up when the one panel fell off and was just shooting sparks everywhere yeah and Dom tells Brian that he still owes him a 10-second car, and they go back to Dom's place, where Brian then asks out Mia, which I did actually like that scene where Mia's like, Vince, where where was it you wanted to take me? He was like, cha-cha-cha, this like, Mexican place. Yeah, with the Brazilian the, place. With the, the, oh, the Brazilian cha, place. Cha-cha-cha. With she's the like, red and white tablecloths. Like, like, cha-cha-cha. Great. Brian, that's where you could take me on Saturday, which I thought Vince was going to show up, because it says, like, you could yeah. take me there this day at this time. So this guy 
This creeper knows exactly where you're going on your date and when. That's asking for trouble. Surprise! I was so surprised they didn't show up to start. Especially anything. when they pull a like Chekhov's gun early on at that first party scene, and like Brian looks down and sees there's a gun like just casually yeah. sitting on the table. Is like there's the threat of Vince, you know, killing him at any point in time. That doesn't really there's there's missed opportunities, but at the same time, it's like he seems to be taking every other opportunity to be a real jerk. So right. I don't know. <laughs> this is also where we get I think it's our the first time of the film and of the franchise, because this is a franchise staple of Dom, you know, saying you could have any beer you want long as it's a Corona. And then that is just the beer of this franchise is like is for every film, which is hilarious to me. And there's, I wonder if there's going to be, I wonder if we're going to be seeing some mm, Corona beer in this recent one. Cause you know, that stock plummeted after coronavirus. I, I remember seeing the pictures where like, that's the one beer that was untouched, even though it's like this beer has nothing to nothing do to, with anything. I, I heard recently that yeah. some people legit thought that that is like how one got it or like how it Corona started. <laughs> and it's like, n- no, my friend, no. No, but there was the moment where he takes Dom takes the bottle out of Vince's hand and hands it to Paul yeah, Walker. And like, I was like, now that Vince, is that, that's how true. You get he gives him Vince's beer, and and yeah, Brian just wipes it off on his shirt. But I'm like, oh, that's not enough. Not in a post-COVID world, baby. Beer. No, I would like if maybe for this ninth one, or actually, if they just go back and like if we just went back and they just were like redubbing, or maybe for like the TV dubs, like how you get like on uh, Die Hard, like Yippie Kaye, Mother Falcon. Yes. If we could get like you know, you could have any beer you want as long as it's a White Claw Hard Seltzer. You could have any beer you want as long as it's Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> you can have any beer you want as long as it's Natty Light. <laughs> <laughs> that feels right. For this crew, this crew, absolutely. I, I would like that. I would like that. Uh, and then that's we finally get our plot twist. Of Brian is an undercover officer trying to find the crew, pulling off these truck heists. And then Brian brings a damaged Toyota Supra to Dom's garage as a replacement. And they begin the long process of restoring the vehicle as Brian starts dating Mia. And he begins investigating Johnny Tran, convinced that he's behind the truck hijackings. It's just so similar to Point Break. I was about to say, it's exactly Point Break. Yeah, just... you've got the more violent crew that he's like, it's got to be these guys, not my buddies. But no, it's it's, it's your, your buddies. buddies. Uh, and he finds electronics at Johnny Tran's warehouse. So he so they lead a, all the cops lead a raid. Uh, which fails because the, the electronics are proved to have been purchased legally. And I'm like, well, why did they buy all these TVs? Why are they why they know. buy all these electronics? I don't know. And anyway, Brian is given 36 hours to find the heist crew as the truckers are now arming themselves to defend against the hijackings, which I just which is great in that last half hour. But it's like that's we should be seeing more of that. I want to see be more of like tr- this trucker. These truckers like mm-hmm. leading the charge of like them trying to like find Dom, like find out who these people are or like tailing them. I think there's just so much more that you could do with that. Mm-hmm. And the following day, Dom and Brian attend the poorly named race wars of this car racing. So you think it's unintentional. And I think this is a movie set in Los Angeles. Not, un- not necessarily that it's completely unintentional, but what it's a poor idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's dreadful. But I don't think that they didn't realize what they were doing by calling it race wars. Now, you know, that is a plus of this film that you have. uh, It's a very diverse 
cast outside of, of course, Brian. You've got like uh, a lot of Latinx performers. I believe Vin Diesel, if memory serves, I believe he is black and Italian. You've got, you know, so maybe it is like a way to lure in racists who are coming to race wars thinking that this is for them. And then you can just be running them over with these cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, hey, I'll race you for two G's. I gotcha, racist. Give me your money. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, stealing their money, but also running them over with your cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not stealing, winning. Oh, winning, winning. winning you know winning. You, how you go sure. and that's. I thought there was going to be a bigger scene at the race wars. Well, we get Jesse wagers his father's car. No, no, no. And, but but what I yeah. thought, not seen. Um, well, yeah, uh, but I mean more like I thought there was going to be some big thing set piece. I guess I should say, and that was like. Fine, but I thought there was going to be something that was more intrinsic to the plot than, or even that race wars itself was going to be a bigger deal rather than like, no, you go two by two and you race each other for money and then it's done. That seems to be kind of all that it is. I, I hear you. Well, I mean, the plot point that comes out of it is that Jesse races Johnny Tran and sure. I mean, reneges on the like deal and this that, leads into our end. Yeah, yeah. But I, I thought more like it was going to be where more of the end was going to happen. And instead, happen it's kind of like this wars, is just a thing that kind of like occurs. Um, I thought there was going to be like a big also showdown, like you're doing like a tournament style and the top two races gotcha. get to race each other. Yes, that this should coincide. This should be like a karate kid that we should have Brian that like having. We should get I'm to thinking. race war sooner. We should be here by like the midpoint 100%. and Brian has to prove himself to Dom. Or that's how we begin like Brian proving himself to Dom. that's what I thought. That's what he says, like, come, you know, come race war and but then But it's we'll not see. as cool as drag racing at night when it's illegal. Which I also like that they like set up in that earlier drag race at night. And there's the one guy like listening to the police scanner mm -hmm. and they like they all get set up and then they're waiting. And then he hears on the police scanner. It's like there's a 187 at a gas or whatever a gas station in Glendale or something. So like, great. All the cops are busy there. Let's go. But they didn't plan that. So it's like, how long were they going to wait there with the street blocked off for a, the right call? Also, like, surely at some point, just a regular patrol officer is going to be like, why is this street? this major chunk of street blocked off and they're going to cut like, and then you're busted. Right. Yeah, it's just like, this you're is busted how, before you've begun. yeah, exactly. So it might be, you know, I, yeah, we want to see like the cool underground illegal part of it, but like you could have also just started with race wars and, and it could be this fun, like racing bracket of Brian having to prove himself and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. X, Y, Z. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, Jesse wagers his father's car against trans and lose and obviously loses and then just drives off and Tran and Dom get into a fight. Tran accuses Dom of like, you're the one that called the police on me mm -hmm. and Dom loses his loses his cool. Uh, later that night, Brian witnesses Dom and his crew leaving and finally realizes that they're the hijackers. The movie's almost over. Well, he does say at one point when when he and Dom are like right before race wars, he's like, I know, man, I know you're not like making all this money yeah. off the market. Like I want in whatever it is. I want in. And then Dominic's like, no, see you race wars and then we'll talk about it. You know, so I think that he is. Because uh, his because Ted Levine is like it's always been Toretto 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 it's yeah. always been Toretto you know so I think he's like aware but it's like there's oh, such a little police work behind it yeah outside of just seeing them get ready to drive off me like they're getting ready to leave they must be doing the heist now yeah there's no like. <laughs> There's no online investigative work, which you absolutely could be doing in 2000, 2001. There's no like tracing of bank receipts or anything like there's plenty of things you could do, but we, that's not racing the car. So we don't see it. 
and then he just, which I could not believe that he just finds Mia and is like, Mia, I'm a cop. Like, we got to find him yeah. to help them. I was. It's a miracle she got into the car with him. Yeah. I was like, this is where I was like, oh, okay. I didn't remember this. Like, so she's going to be pissed and storm off. Like, oh no, it's, she's just like, great. Let's go help. Well, them. she is angry, but you know, she, yeah, but, but she's it, very cooperative. I, there's just like the, the zero arc for Brian of why he is like, so like, I gotta save them. Yeah. I gotta save. And then that the one he has to save is Vince of all the people that Vince is the one that he is like risking everything, well, his life, his badge to it's, save. It's the most antagonistic, but it should be someone like Dom who has more of a connection. It should with. be either saving Dom or Letty would make the most sense. And then it's also, you know, he say he helped save Letty. A, that'd be more badass. And the film does, the, the franchise gives Michelle Rodriguez so much more to do Good, as it goes. because she is doing nothing Not in this. Not much just making out with vin diesel is basically all she's doing this is true but yeah if it's her if she's the one like because whatever it's like oh i'm the the, the lightest and the smallest so i'm yeah. the one it's easier for you to get on the truck or whatnot and then she's the one that's like oh no i need help and then you're like oh, okay so now it makes makes even more sense that vin diesel is like i can't shoot brian like you helped save yeah. my my love interest the cool thing that she does do is she's the one who gets to drive under the trucks that's true i was like she drives under the trucks and she does get one solid like punch to johnny trans like mm -hmm. right hand man mm -hmm. lance mm -hmm. which is fun uh but yeah so brian and mia they catch up to the crew where they are attacking a semi-trailer truck intending it to be their final heist and the driver of course has a shotgun which is like they've got no preparation for this it, it's such a terrible way to try to steal panasonic dvd player correct uh but yeah this armed but it, it does make for a very fun exciting scene yes it does and it's all at daylight which also doesn't make sense of why they're doing this heist no when daylight. they started driving i was like wait a minute i mean we're gonna get to see it which is cool but yeah. like they're gonna be readily identifiable right. yeah why are you doing why is there no one else on this highway yeah it doesn't make sense it makes no sense it's the fast and the furious people uh but yeah vince gets his arm all caught on this wire oh, that he was using to get to, to the grapple. On the, to grapple onto the truck and letty gets run off the road uh brian arrives and is forced to reveal his identity to call in an emergency medical care to save vince and dom mia and the rest of the crew leave before the authorities can arrive and they don't take letty when she's been turned over in the car and is possibly concussed you know well it's kind of known that like vince is gonna get arrested you know yeah. that seems to be the, the things like yes he he's the one that is like we'll die if we don't get into a hospital yeah, so, and yeah. but, but unfortunately he's gonna get arrested whereas, whereas letty it's like letty we can to an er we can, later we'll we'll take care of our we'll toretto's uh what was it? not toretto's grocery toretto's market market toretto's market toretto's market and Brian then finds Dom at his house to apprehend him. And at the worst possible time, Jesse arrives to try to plead for protection. And then uh, it is, I guess, I couldn't tell because of the helmets, but you, you're right. Uh, it's, Tran, it's, it is Johnny yeah. Tran and Lance ride by on their motorbikes, shoot Jesse dead for reneging on their bet. And Brian and Dom give chase in their separate vehicles, finding and killing Tran and injuring Lance. And then Brian pursues Dominic with them both just silently agreeing to a quarter mile drag race. <laughs> At which they cross this like railroad right before a train passes. And then Dominic immediately crashes his car into a truck. 
And wasn't looking because he's like, I didn't expect I wasn't going to die. if we did not get hit by that truck. And instead of arresting him, Brian gives him the keys to his own car because he still owes him a 10-second car from their uh, first race. And Dom escapes in the Supra as Brian walks away. It was at least something of a callback because I was still like, this is such a bananas yeah. thing for this character to be doing. Because it doesn't get to like the full point break of like you get no, like they this have no weird real relationship between these two. No, well you get you have the one in the garage, which is just like Diesel talking dad. about his dad, which I, which they very smartly have him just facing almost completely away from the camera. So it's so the camera's focusing on the back of Vin Diesel's, like the side of Vin Diesel's head as he's monologuing and at the very end will turn and be like, and that's how my dad died. And you're like, great. Because if, if it was just having a close-up on his teary eyes as his face is, as this pizza dough head is just talking about my dad, dad, and how I got into car racing, uh, I would just be laughing at the screen. And I couldn't believe that. We just kept the credits on as I was like oh, taking notes. Right. And I had no idea. post credit scene of Dom driving through Mexico, once again, his famous refrain of I live my life a quarter mile at a time. And that way we know that Dom is okay and will one day to return to the franchise. What did I call it instead of a stinger? I couldn't remember what it was called. Oh, I don't know. I what did you call it? <laughs> spit scene spit. <laughs> I was, was a like, real no. spit take i knew it started with an s but i was like oh what wait what is that called the other movie spit scene <laughs> right, and spit you scene. you laughed really hard uh, at me well you and were I like you, well, you, you just later you're just mentioning like you know the spit scene i was like the spit scene like i don't remember the spit scene what are you what spit scene did vince spit I was like, in that no, it's a term, it's a it term an industry oh term. the stinger of course, <sighs> of course of course yeah the casting director of The Fast and Furious was Rana Kress. Kress has also cast such films as Remember the Titans, Pirates of the Caribbean, Mad Max, Fury Road. Oh, well, there you go. And previous episode, Moulin Rouge. Oh. So normally this would be where we go to the other actors who are almost cast. But real quick, I want to pause because this first film is so much more relatively grounded and set in the real world and basic that uh, compared to where the franchise goes. Uh, now, Amy Jo, you correct me. If I'm wrong, you have not seen the trailer to this ninth Fast and Furious film. I certainly have not. And you don't remember too much about the seventh one, that you, um, the other one that you've seen. I remember them flying through cars through multiple buildings. Yes, yes, yes. I remember The Rock having a cast that he bursts off with the power of biceps. You know he does. And uh, Hackers. <laughs> yes. And Jason Statham. Well, yes, he's in it. He sure is. Uh, I do not believe he's in this most recent one. But now, uh, yeah, so we've got you set up here. So you are going to watch this, and we'll get your response as you are watching. So let's do it. God, he can't articulate, can he? <laughs> Corn on the cob. Oh, Corona. Okay, so the Corona oh. is still in this most recent Wow, one. there's like... Boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom. Oh, heart with your hands. This is not like the first film. Planes, trains, tanks. Um, oh, explosions. Okay. Now we're starting. Whoa. No, off a cliff? <laughs> Onto an island? <laughs> How? Whoa. Is this Mark Wahlberg? Uh, no. John Cena. John oh, it's John Cena. Sorry. Oh, Charlize. Doesn't look like John Cena to me, but maybe it's because he has more of a face compared to J Vin Diesel. <laughs> Are they in a submarine? Bricks. Oh, ha, you can't survive that. Oh, well, he looks dead. Ah. 
Oh. Out the. Ow. Oh. Oh. Okay, now you're getting intrigued. Oh, now we've got comedy bits. Ooh. Ah. Ooh. Fighting stuff. Ah. Ooh. Ah. Ow. <laughs> I hope listeners aren't joining no. us. How, how would you know he was going to swing that way? Is that Helen Mirren? Yeah. <laughs> She's Jason Statham's mom. Oh. oh. <laughs> how did he do that? Is he magical? Those people are dead. Oh, we're messing with magnets now. I understand. Thank you, Trey. Yeah, it, the science checks out. Oh, magnetized grenade. Parachute explosion. Oh. Oh, that's like an armored train. Ah. Ah. I spent my entire life in your shadow. And now, in jail. <laughs> For some reason, we have military grade explosives <laughs> off a cliff. Uh, uh. The fast saga. Blast off! They're, they're dressed like they're in 20,000 leagues under the sea. Okay. Wow. All right. So real quick, I got to say, because yeah. you said you just were kind of talking along well, with I John Cena's quote with his like whatever uh, big like one liner. But I you didn't finish it. So you just said <laughs> oh, <laughs> I spent my entire life in your shadow. And now you're going to spend in the- jail. <laughs> <laughs> OK, the, the quote was I spent my entire life in your shadow. And now you're going to spend the rest of your life in mine. But he had such a pause okay. that that's going to be like you're going to spend the rest <laughs> of your life in jail. <laughs> You know, it seemed likely he was going to say in mind, but I uh-huh, thought it'd be uh-huh. more interesting. If, uh, I see. Anyway, I, I okay. Dig it. I dig hmm. it. Okay, yeah. wait. Suddenly, yeah. in the ninth, yeah. mm-hmm. we're introducing the fact that Mia and Dom have a brother? Yes, this is the first that we have heard any of this. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting, especially for someone who talks so much about family. So much about family, but maybe that's why. It's like because his own, his real life blood, not including Mia, but that his real life brother and him are on the outs, that that's why your chosen family is that oh, yeah. much more important. No, I get it. Yes. I, th- this was the thing, too, having watched Furious 7 several years ago. To watch the first one, it did feel like incredibly pedestrian. Yeah. And very, especially that first half of the movie just felt so like. Uh, you know, like I, w- I think I have a note written down. I hate all of this. <laughs> um, Whereas now these films are a thrill a minute. Yeah, that's fine. They've also it's got the stupid. budget to like well, yeah. have all of these explosions and pyrotechnics and like crazy, crazy car stunts and the money for Helen Mirren. And the money for Helen Mirren driving a car. You got wow. the money for Academy Award winners, Helen Mirren and Charlize Theron to put yeah. in your film. You got the money to keep up Charlize's bowl cut. And I got to say, having rocked a bowl cut for just a month or so, you got to keep that, you know, immaculate. Got to keep it maintained. Yeah. Got to keep it maintained. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think? Are you excited to go check out Fast 9 in theaters? No. <laughs> no, I don't want to see that. <laughs> but I'm happy to throw it on one night when it's on TV and I don't have to pay attention to it. You what heard was- it here first, listeners. We'll be back for a recap. What of- was painful? about this was because I was watching it for the podcast is that I had to pay attention. I see. And I couldn't I see. do 
literally anything. You couldn't play a game else. while watching it. You couldn't exactly. like surf the web or do anything I else. Couldn't, you had like, to you had to pay hard and fast and furious attention. Yeah, well, I paid hard and you fast attention. To- I was furious. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Let's move on now to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all subjective. And as always, I have looked up all the actors in advance. And Amy Jo is going to hear it along with you, listener, for the very first time. Can't wait. So let's kick it off with Brian O'Connor. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Paul Walker and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Yeah, I think we've said it. He totally, like, does the job. I believe him as, like, this is a guy who's like, I want to rise through the ranks and make detective. But also, like... I'm going to use the fact that I kind of look like just some like attractive Joe Schmo to my advantage in an undercover position, you know, but I wasn't like, oh, if there were only someone of the most charisma in the world, it would elevate this. I think the movie's the movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I I liked him. Um, I was thinking like other people who are same age. This is like a vi- this is a bit more niche, but uh, Anson Mount, who was in yes. Crossroads and Hell on, uh, Wheels, Hell on Wheels, is Anson Mount on Wheels. I was like, Anson would be would be good in this. I, I totally, can totally buy him. I can absolutely see that. Yeah, that kind of like because he's got an intensity, but he also is like, you know, he's he's funny. I think he would play this quite nicely. Um, Patrick Wilson is the same age. I oh. can see yeah. kind of that, but I, you know what? I have. I have basically a pairing for for all the roles that we talked to, that that we're discussing that I think I'd rather do when, once we've talked about all of them. But I really didn't okay. care about okay. any contemporary choices. I I Let's get put it. it that I way. hear you. I hear you. So ya. those are those are my thoughts. I thought he was. I thought he was good. I totally get why people really like this actor because he's like yeah. good looking and he's not bad at acting. You know. Yeah. Exactly. He's yeah. a very likable presence. Very likable. Yes. Absolutely. He's Which I think you need. Charm. Otherwise, he's, this role is insufferable. Yeah. You know. I agree. One hundred percent agree uh i mean yeah just like give it's also like a, the kind of actor that's gonna want to do this film or gonna do this film you know mm-hmm. which uh the better your best actors aren't going to Correct. until you're at the point where you're like it's helen mirren letting you know letting down her hair and like i'm just mm-hmm. doing this for a laugh i'm doing this to have fun um but i'm like it's 2001 He's like doing some schlocky, like murder by numbers nonsense. Get me a Ryan Gosling. Get me like an actor totally. where you're like he is. He did car movies. Did he? Did he? What car? Oh, Drive. Da 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 da. That's why I thought Ryan Gosling. Of course, of oh. course. I was thinking in like around this time. I was like, did he do a, a car movie? But yes, that's also why because I he can like barely... picture him in the in the helmet thing. You know. Yeah, yeah. But he like also has so few lines in Drive, and like I want like the actor who. You're re- so much of it you've got to read on their face because that's the difference in Point and Break. You've got Keanu's got all the the monologues and scenes about because he's also got Gary Busey to bounce right. everything off of. Right. Paul Walker doesn't have like the partner. He's got these few scenes with Ted Levine who doesn't come in until 35 minutes. So it's like we don't know what this guy we is don't really have a relationship thinking. With him. And Ryan, you get an actor like Ryan Gosling who is like you know who's just fascinating to watch think. And I think that's what would really help sell like a lot of the tension yeah. yes. of like seeing the gun at the party of like is something gonna happen. Agreed. So I'd like that or a young Bradley Cooper. I think either of those would be really fun and dynamic. If this was made like earlier, if this is like the early, like mid eighties version, flip that point break script. Get me Patrick Swayze as your Brian baby, baby Swayze, baby Swayze, baby Swayze. Or if this was made more recently, I think a Michael, I think Michael B. Jordan would crush this. I think also someone who I would love to see. The guy oozes charm. He sure does. Now as for the actors who were actually considered right off the bat, Mark Wahlberg. 
<laughs> I once I got a better look at John Cena, I could plainly see it wasn't Mark Wahlberg. But in the trailer, they kind of swung around quickly. I could see them playing brothers, though. Yes. And now I have to assume it was for this role. But the scene I've seen online that supposedly Dave Bautista was offered a role mm-hmm. in the Fast and Furious franchise and turned it down. And he had like a tweet just saying like, "No, I only do good movies." So oh. <laughs> Dave Bautista throwing down. Uh, but I, that I could also see of Dave yeah. Batista as Vin Diesel's long lost brother. And yes. I'm much more interested in that. I see that much more clearly than John Cena. Yeah. Although John Cena, the few things I've seen him on film, like train wreck, he's like perfectly yeah. likable presence. He seems very down to be like, Oh, absolutely. No, less vanity of, uh, some of the things that like I've seen, like even in trailers of that he'll do like on film. Uh, and he seems perfectly like, yeah, you've, you're perfectly fine and perfectly charismatic. So sure. Let's put you in a ridiculous amount mm-hmm. of movies now but de batista always a f- much more fascinating presence to me yeah and everything from guardians of the galaxy to he's legit incredible and he's like one scene in the blade runner sequel uh but as for mark Wahlberg, yes what do we think i think you're getting you want you want the more histrionics you if want you the want more a more like, keanu style performance where you're gunning you're gunning that f- pedal to the metal baby then you're gonna go for i mark gotta have Wahlberg. my tuna bro I'm going to be back tomorrow for I that love tuna. tuna. I love it. I just love the tuna. Nothing funny. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a less California perform. It's a, got a lot more of that East coast energy for which he is so well known. And it also, you know, it feels like the Dom role is the big role. So this is the role that like, this isn't the showy role. Right. And it feels like Mark Wahlberg wants the more showier Look, role. Look, that or like resonates showy with lead, me. You know? I get you, Marky yeah. Mark. I understand. Instead in 2001, Mark Wahlberg had, a rough year. He had Rockstar, which was a big bomb, yep. and the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes, which Ooh. is, you know, it's getting to work with Tim Burton. Yeah. It's a property that of a film and I a franchise that people loved. It sounded like a good idea on paper, and sure. it wound up being one of the worst films I've seen. Uh, so, I mean, I think this would have been a better choice, especially if it like it takes off and now you've got yourself like a billion dollar a franchise. franchise. Yeah. You got that franchise. Eminem was offered the role. Interesting. Which was interesting because this is also the same year as Training Day because he was also offered the Ethan Hawke role in that. But this was clearly they were trying to get Eminem like you are, you know, you are blowing up as a rap artist. You are so popular. It's like you will translate to ticket sales. Like, can we get you into a film? And then Eight Mile was the next year, which just a better fit for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that he... I don't think he's. I don't, I don't see think him this carrying is, no. this, and especially I don't see this moving on to a no, franchise. Nar. Christian Bale was considered. Um, I mean, sure, but I can't see Christian Bale being like soups into this. Cannot wait. Uh, although this was the year that he was doing Captain Corelli's mandolin, playing third fiddle to no pun intended to Penelope Cruz and Nicolas Cage doing yeah, but a terrible that's Italian different. That's like at least like you think that's a prestige. Yes. Of, well, of course, of course. Very true. Yeah. And I mean, this is the year after American Psycho. It just feels like such a back step yeah, yeah, to yeah. do the Fast and the Furious. Agreed. But I think Christian Bale would crush. Yeah, he's very good at acting. I think there's just bringing a lot of nuance and texture mm-hmm. to this. And I'd be fascinated if Christian Bale was like, you know what? Don't care. I'm so sick of having to be this like Daniel Day-Lewis Jr., and like really go prepping so hard for these roles where I'm only speaking in the accent for the entirety of the film. Because every single interview that he does, he's, for a film, he stays in the accent of whatever that character is in the film. Mm-hmm. That he's going to that level. 
opposed to being like, I just want to be behind a car and not have to do anything where some other stunt driver is driving and mm-hmm. I could just get in a car and pretend like I'm driving a car and going vroom, vroom, vroom. I just want it to be easier. Boom, I don't boom. want to gain 80 pounds and play Dick but Cheney. But clearly he does want to <laughs> he or he wouldn't to. do it. This is true. Uh, and supposedly Rob Cohen wanted old Zach Morris himself, Mark Paul Gosselaar, well, who... I, I can see why. Yeah. Yep. The bleached blonde, those, those, Cali those bleached dude. tips, that Cali dude vibe. Comes with a built-in audience. Now, that is a lot easier uh, when doing your undercover mission. If you could do a, a Zach Morris timeout, if you could pause everything. Oh, that's so stupid. <laughs> lay of the land. Like, okay, I'm seeing the gun there. I got to make sure I know my exits. Phew. Where are I going to get out? Okay, time in. Uh, <laughs> instead... Uh, in 2001, he was joining NYPD Blue in oh, their season right. nine for the start of 87 episodes. He was an NYPD Blue, yeah, he which was doing okay. better, better move, yeah. better move with that. Uh, but let's move on to Mia. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Jordana Brewster and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? She's she's fine. They didn't give her a lot to do. Yeah, she. You know, it feels like she never has a ton to do in this franchise. Well, that's disappointing. You yeah. know, but I kind of can't tell if she's like a good actor or not. I still do not know to this day. <laughs> I've seen her mainly in the few films of this franchise I've seen, and uh, in The Faculty, which was her first film, oh. uh, which is a very entertaining film. Uh, and she seems like a perfectly fine. She's fine. Presence, I, I wasn't like, but it's oh, not. Wow, look what subtle work this actor is yeah. doing. But I also was like, oh, listen to these clunkers they gave it a say so hard to say um i don't i don't know i like especially just like who are actors who are around her age like laura prepon from orange is new black yeah maybe you know she's an interesting actor you know um she's not the right age but like someone like a selma blair would be more interesting to me Mm. like she's not Mm -hmm. just but i feel like they picked someone who's kind of like a generic brunette because they're more interested in the male characters. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, like, more like thinking of, it's hard not to think of Point Break. So just thinking of Lori Petty. Like that's an interesting character they yeah. put an interesting actor into. Yeah, you definitely. Know? Whereas this, it's like, well, you know, um, we have Michelle Rodriguez and she has like no lines, but at least she's got personality. It's like sort of, it's all still about Dom. But right, like, right. this is like... She's kind of like milk toast, and I don't think that's entirely the actor's fault. I think that that's probably a. I agree. It's not a ton. It really does feel like, well, my life was just rejecting Vince's advances, and and now a second person has come along to show me interest, to show me Jordana Brewster, an incredible looking human being. This is the only person that's ever shown me interest. Isn't that shocking? It's like, no, this is. Right. uh, So, um,. I, I, again, have a thought for a more oldie-timey one that I'll, I'll put in later. I cannot wait well, for this oldie-timey version, apparently, which I enjoyed this trivia, that Jordana Brewster allegedly did not have a license or even a learner's permit at the time of being cast. Because she was 12? No, because she's 12 years old? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but I was, like, trying to remember, because there's at least... Well, there she was born like, in 1980, and this was, like, so she she would have been, like... Yeah, you she's. Know, it's, it wasn't that she was a, like a child. It was that she just didn't drive. Right. Um, but I think there is the one scene where it's like that she's the one driving with that her, makes and, sense her then, and Paul because Walker. You can tell she's like slightly hyper extending her elbows. Like her arms are so straight. And I was like, if you 
are driving that fast, you want to have so it's like you want to have a bend in your knees when you're like gonna like when you want to be spring springing up and ready to run somewhere. It's like if you she, can't yeah, walk she, out your if elbows. If she breaks or, too hard, her arms are snapping. Yeah, like you toothpicks. can't you can't turn very well. You need to be supple, darling. And I was like, well, that doesn't look very real. And you gotta have those real supple arms. Doesn't know how to drive. Doesn't know how to drive. That uh, makes sense. Yeah, I think she's perfectly fine. I, but like, yeah, thinking of like an Eva Mendez who's in the shows up in the yeah. second one of people that are just dynamic performers. She's dynamic in Training Day when she's got nothing to do but like basically yeah. be nude. She's this at is least very you know true. you get a lot out of that. Yeah, you get yep. more out of her like very little screen time in that than you do out of. You're getting like more history. Yeah, you know, which yeah. is it's you know it's is nothing against. It's like those you know you've got like here's the script, here's what I'm being given to do. And you got the actors that are like, I will do everything that you've given me. And then the actors that are like, you've given me dog crap. I'm going to elevate this and add in all this like shading of who these people are beyond but what you, you see on the screen. But you also have directors who are interested yes. in capturing that and directors who either are not or That's don't an excellent see point. It. Antoine Fuqua of Training Day is a very yes. different director than Rob Cohen. Than Hundo. Dragonheart's Rob Cohen. The, yeah. No, no, no. And it was made later. A Gina Rodriguez or yeah. an Ana de Armas, of course. Oh, yeah. It's like that's oh, you're, yeah. you are incredible dynamic performers and you're bringing a lot more nuance to this that I would want. Apparently, this was written for Eliza Dushku, who turned it down, which, you know, good on you for turning it down. Yeah. Oh, how could you know it would turn into a huge franchise that would totally. be a steady paycheck? Well, again, steady gig, also, but... you had to get to the fifth one before it was going to be. You had to get to the fifth one. Because <laughs> um, this is the year after Bring It On, so and this is like around Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, and Angel in mm-hmm. terms of what Eliza Dushku was up to. Uh, and instead, in 2001, she had Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and this horror film Soul Survivors with Wes Bentley, I believe. So she was making movies. She was getting making pay, getting People paid, saw getting that paid. Kevin Smith stuff back in the day. People did see that Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Uh, Jessica Biel audition. Uh-huh. This is in the middle. She's season six of Seventh Heaven and the rom-com summer catch with freddie prince jr uh so once again i'm sure she's also too busy with sure. that i mean including as we've said of like you're filming like a primetime drama or dramedy or whatever seventh heaven was that that takes up all of your time like yeah. I, I, i'm That's sure she was life. having to squeeze in a summer catch you have while to not be, filming. yeah you have to have like that already in your contract that you're like i'm not gonna be i'm gonna do like i'm barely gonna be on this episode right right but you know, I like just I've I've liked Jessica Biel yeah. more as the years have gone by. Really, like post the center, where it's like, oh, okay, Jessica Biel she's is like great. giving getting the chance to like, yeah. you know, she's not. It's not. She's getting to stretch beyond. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry what and like we garbage of her. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I only watched the first three episodes of the center because it terrified me, but I really liked her in those. <laughs> I do want to know what happened. Maybe I'll pick it back up now that it's been <laughs> literally almost two years. That'd be good. Start, I'll start uh, episode four because I refuse to rewatch the end of episode three. No, thanks. And why was that again? Well, spoilers for The Sinner, but there's a moment at the end of episode three. It was late at night. I mean, this is a show that is now past its third season. So I think spoiling sure. the third All episode right. of season one okay. is okay. So you were gone. You were like on a cruise contract and I was like, ah, oh, I'm just going to like sit 
and do a little busy work and have this on. And then I'll go to sleep after this episode. And then it's the end of the episode. She's been having like these little flashbacks throughout the first few episodes. And we see her like seeing snippets of wallpaper or whatever. So at the mm-hmm. end of the third episode, we see her from her POV, like the wallpaper, like come into focus. And we realize like, she's actually remembering the flashback and she, it, the camera turns as though you're Jessica Beale's head. And she looks and there is, a man sitting on a chair in a full gimp suit with this horrifying mask on. And then it's just calm voice goes and the music had like all cut out. And it's like, hello, Jessica Beale. How are we doing today? And I screamed <laughs> obscenities at my television. Cause then I was like, it's midnight. I was going to go to bed. Oh, and dear. now I'm up for conservatively four more hours so I can calm down. I had to watch two standup specials in a row. <laughs> In a row. In a row. Yeah, the problem is that you seem to watch, like, the most terrifying things when I'm away. Well, you don't want to watch them. So that's when I get a chance to watch them. And then I'm like, I I can't sleep. I've watched the center. There's a certain, like, crime procedural that I just don't. I can't. I, sure. it, they don't blend together for me. But well, sure, uh, sure. Procedurals I, I, are meant I, I, to do I'll that. Go back and check out the center with you. Natalie Portman audition. Oh, interesting. But like to audition, not to be considered. Like Natalie Portman's like, yeah, this is a thing that I'm gonna audition for. And this is post that Phantom Menace, so she's like in the middle of those Star Wars films. But pre Garden State. Pre Garden State, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, yeah, pre Garden State, pre Closer, pre of like I'm getting like more prestige, prestige yeah. roles. Um. So I mean she I mean she was working nonstop ever since she oh, like yeah. started with a professional. But uh I think a good move for Natalie Portman. There's yeah, no yeah, yeah, need. Yeah. I this don't know if she's doing this if she's getting that Oscar, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you never know. Uh yeah, I mean it's like even though Letty has barely anything to do, that's she's still the Mia role is the least interesting of this quartet. She has a lot more screen time with a lot less impact. Yeah. Sarah Michelle Geller auditioned. Huh. She was in the middle of also in the middle of season six of her show, Buffy, of course, uh, in 2001, which um, once again is like, uh, you no. barely have any time. No. You're the titular character. You're the titular Buffy. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't I don't see it. Uh, no, it feels very of the era, though. I know. Well, so many of these films that we've been covering of this uh, from like clueless to the early aughts of that Sarah Michelle Gellar was up for. And it's like, wow, she really was up for everything under the sun. And I wonder how much of it was just like, you don't have the time your around your schedule, Buffy contract you, for you to do anything else. We own you. And yeah. then by the time Buffy's done, it's just like, and now no one's interested. No one's, and no one's interested. Yeah. Ugh, which show business will chew you up and spit your back out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Kirsten Dunst auditioned. Well, I think, uh, she is someone who I think just naturally has more uh, presence and charisma. And also, yeah. I don't know how long Jordana Brewster has been working, but Kirsten Dunn has been working since childhood. So she probably I think had the a faculty good... is her first. Is Georgia, Georgia I think it was like 99. It's 98, I want to so say. So Kirsten Dunn yeah, has Kirsten a literal Dunst. decade. She's on, put in on the her. time. Yeah. She did. She gave us Jumanji. She gave us interview with the vampire. She gave us little women. She gave us the little women. <laughs> No, she wasn't Beth. She wasn't Beth? That's Claire Danes trying oh, tragically, I'm so of course. Sorry. No, no, no. She's young Amy, who then oh, grows up into another actress. Amy. <laughs> oh, Kirsten has just looked too young. They, she wasn't allowed well, to. Well, she, she is the youngest. So over the course well, of the. Sure. Florence Pugh, they just do the whole thing where okay, they. Okay, yeah, but. You know, you slap on bangs and now you're a different age. But Kirsten Dunst was literally like 12, 13. I And when she's going to grow up and marry Christian Bale, you're not. You're not doing no. that. 
I mean, it's not interview with a vampire, you know? You can't have right, you can't right. have that kind of dark. Well, that's true. Although, you know, if you got Christian Bale as Brian and you got Kirsten Dunst as Mia, they could be like, oh my God, remember how like we would have had more scenes in Little Women, but remember? I look like a child next yeah. to you because we are aged incorrectly. Incorrectly for... I guess, although Christian Bale, because he was like, I was shocked when I was like, he's 26 during American Psycho. So I, I wonder how, what, what the actual... Different. I guess she's doing Interview the Vampire while he's doing Newsies. So I'm just trying to think of like the, by the year. So I guess he's like what, like four years older than her? I'm going to see. Okay. So okay. Kirsten Dunst, born in 82. 82. Great. I would guess then 78. Oh, <gasps> 74. 74. So oh, wow. He's he's like eight years older than her, which when, when you're 12, 13, okay. that's too yeah. many years. So she was like, thir- yeah, 12, 13 while he was 20 doing yeah. Little Woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. I see. That's okay, when that age enough. gap. When you're much older, makes no difference at all. But when you're that young, it makes a big old difference. A big, big, big difference. Anyway, point is, I think she would have been more interesting. Oh, yeah. I agree. But also, you know, there's nothing for this character to do. No. And she was also, of course, coming off of Bring It On. In 2001, she had a very packed year. She had Get Over It, uh, Crazy Beautiful, this movie called Lover's Prayer, which is based on a Chekhov short story that I'd never heard of, and The Cat's Meow, which is based on the murder on William Randolph Hearst's yacht with uh, Eddie Izzard as Chaplin, uh, which is a pretty fun film. I think it's Peter Bogdan Peter Bogdanovich film is uh, worth checking out. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Kirsten Dunst in Wimbledon with Paul Bettany? She certainly was. So, so basically she got the more prestige. She got the prestige Paul. Paul. She got the prestige Paul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then of course the next year Spider-Man and like that's the franchise yeah, 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 that like yeah, yeah. you're still gonna be you're playing the the damsel in distress. But like one of the one of the comic book character women whose names people happen to know. Like yeah, you're, Mary Jane. Yeah. Is high, held in a higher regard than Mia. Mia. Mia Toretto. Tor- I was like Tortellini. Mia, Mia Tortellini. Yeah, no. Mia Toretto. Tortellini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and finally, we come to Dominic Toretto. Amy Jo, what are your thoughts on that Vin Diesel? And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Jeff, I have many thoughts. One thought, the first thought that I had when he like turned around and we saw his face, I was like, and this guy became a movie star. <laughs> To be fair, the I think he's much more interesting and better used the year prior in Pitch Black, which was like because you have like Saving Private Ryan, you've mm-hmm. got like I think Boiler Room is also around this part, but like Pitch Black, which is you know horror sci-fi film where he's this convict that these the space crew are transporting, and then they realize like oh we need your help because he is like this weird eye implant and he can see in the dark, mm-hmm. and they're fighting these monsters that only come out in the dark. It's Pitch Black out there. It's Pitch Black, but he's just being like. I only then he only needs to say like X amount of words and mm-hmm. it's just presence. And he is like a much he's much more interesting in yeah. that. I will say, though, watching this, I did feel like he was more interesting than I had given him credit for, um, mainly because I don't watch Vin Diesel flicks. Mm-hmm. Mainly he he looks like a sack of potatoes, but he doesn't like he has more screen presence than a sack of potatoes. Yeah. He's not. Not a sack of potatoes. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I don't need to see him on the American stage. He doesn't have a ton of range. Yeah, we don't need to see Vin Diesel, Stanley Kowalski, and Streetcar oh, Named Desire. I can see someone trying to make that happen, though. And it's like, no, no, no. Um, I don't, it, like, that mumble mouth, you know, no thank you. Um, I, what do I know? Maybe he speaks Shakespearean text gorgeously, and this is all an act, you know? Oh, of course. Oh, my God, you should have seen his Romeo. <laughs> <laughs> He's really a tibble. Uh, Wherefore art thou, lady? <laughs> um. So that being said, I thought he was 
I was more interested in following him once it got going than I thought I would be. I was like, okay. But yeah, um, it's a peculiar conundrum Vin Diesel is to me. Also, I forget his real name, which amuses me every time, is Mark Sinclair. Mark Sinclair is just the opposite. You'd be like, oh, that's Paul Walker's real name was Mark Sinclair. That's me, Mark Sinclair. Yeah, Mark Sinclair is trying to sell me those Panasonic DVD players legit. He is not stealing them off a truck. Vin Diesel. Mark Sinclair. I mean, it's a great stage name and it's done him well, you know. Talk about picking a brand and staying Mm -hmm. in your lane, you Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, I don't know. This guy was like too young at the time, but I'm like, if you're if you're starting like now, Jason Momoa, I'm like, you know, it's like he's he's charming. He'd he'd be great, and he can act, and he can act. He's charming, but is like you know, and he's whatever. Aquaman could get by on just being like, I'm just good looking and have screen presence, but he's also he can act. He's real good on that game of on that first season of Game of Thrones. There you go. So I have basically here is part of the problem. I was very Mm -hmm. unenthused drumming up choices for this episode. Basically, it's just like, oh no, I don't want to spend any more time thinking about this movie (laughs) than I already have. Um, And then Jeff, you encouraged me. You're like, think outside of the realms of today. And I was like, you're right. I'm very slightly more interested if this is other people. So I was like, okay, what if this was done in the late sixties, early seventies? Great. In the UK. Ooh. And now okay. I want Oliver Reed playing Brian. Mm-hmm. I want Diana Rigg as Mia. Give me that Emma Peel. Yeah. And then as Dom, I want Michael Kane. Michael I want Kine. like a full Cockney yeah. experience. Because Oliver Reed also is someone who like code switches a lot back and forth between like the Cockney and the RP, which I feel like that would be really fun to put to good use when he is like, you know. Yeah. When he's like back with the with the coppers, he could like code switch to a not that, you know, most cops would be talking in a more working class accent. But like he could code switch to like a a higher, higher bred accent. And then like full Italian job, Fast and Furious. They're driving around their mini Coopers. Yeah. That's now once I started thinking about that, I was like, now I'm interested. You can have any beer you want as long as it's a Corona. (laughs) (laughs) The only beer I ever drink. As long as it's a Corona. That's right. I've got my sleeveless shirts. I'm working here in the back of my Toretto's market. No, Toretto is fully, he's going full like Milo Tyndall from Sleuth and wearing the suit and everything like that. Oh, he's not going full Milo Tyndall and wearing a big clown costume? (laughs) Well, maybe for the right moment. If there's nine of these, there's bound to be a time, you know, for Jolly Jack Try the Sailor to come out and clap. And uh, yeah. (laughs) And then Jason Statham wouldn't have to do an accent. What do you mean? Is he doing an accent? I don't know. I don't remember. Jason Statham is talking like Jason Statham. Oh, he's, well, great. Because Helen Mirren just... is his mom. They're oh, all right. they're all the Brits. See, the you're Brits. saying this like I remember you, or know I what am. happened. Well, you might eight. be confused because originally you couldn't remember which Jason. Now, this is true. So when I was telling you Jason Statham this was in is true. the seventh Fast and Furious movie, you were not thinking that this was, I, I was per- the person. Yeah, I was perplexed because I was like, gosh, it just doesn't seem the kind of movie Jason Statham would do. And you're like, what do you mean? And then we discovered I was you- talking about <laughs> Jason Siegel. The Muppets, Jason Siegel. How I Met Your Mother's Jason Siegel. Like, that just doesn't seem like trying to that give kind of, that kind of vibe. Vin Diesel some guff. Is uh 
will never not be. We uh, then discovered I didn't know who any of the Jason hilarious were. Idea. I had I knew who they were. You I knew Jason Schwartz. You know yeah, Jason Schwartz. Yeah, but I couldn't have told you. I couldn't like. have told you a last name. Mm-hmm. I was like, because they're Schwartzman. They're Siegel. But you'd There's... seen Jason Schwartzman in films. Yes, I don't. But know also if like Jason, Jason Sudeikis, I had time. seen in stuff, and I couldn't keep that. Like they're right. all the Jason yeah. S's. No, you're right. Jason Siegel, I hadn't really seen anything, but I think I'd seen like one episode of How I Met Your Mother. I knew what he looked like, and I was like, that's not a guy. I can't believe that he's now the villain of the Fast and Furious really shocked me and then i realized there's a reason i was shocked and that's because i was wrong and yeah and now you know vin diesel's like and uh-oh it's dom's brother neil patrick harris <laughs> <laughs> this summer fast yeah. nine gets legend wait for it dairy yeah i don't think that would necessarily no, no no i would want and you know he's i think he's in black hawk down this year in 2001 so he's in movies he didn't blow up yet but imagine tom hardy is dom oh now we got ourselves a movie. Imagine. Or I know you're not as familiar with him, Amy Joe, but John Bernthal, who's been playing the Punisher on Netflix. He's in Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I doubt you remember him. He's in like the beginning of Baby Driver is like one of the guys in the crew. And then he, he says, like, if I don't sh- if I don't come, if you don't see me again, it's because I'm dead. And then you never see him again. So oh, it's so like, I guess that guy's dead. dead. I remember uh, John Hamm. <laughs> Yes, yes, and that's baby true. driver, and you remember that baby? He's driving around. And who, was it Lily James in that? Is that her name? I I want to say yes. I keep just the names. I keep mixing up with. I think Lily Cole or Lily, whoever the Emily and Perry actor is, who's also a, I believe a Lily. I won't know it. Well, Lily James always confuses yeah. me because I'm those are sure the names right. of Harry Potter's parents, and so I'm like, oh. is that a real person? Yes, she was named after them. I mean, <laughs> could be. She's, She's quite young. She could be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, John Bernthal, also so charismatic. Also, like, he comes from the stage. He's got, like, those theater He's chops. got the chops. He's got the chops. Uh, also, it's 2001, give me Common. I think Common oh, yeah. would be incredible in also this. Also in Hell on Wheels. Yes, exactly. Let's get a Hell Common on Wheels. and Anson Mount. And instead of Ted Levine, get Colmini. Oh, Okay. All right. We're talking. <laughs> These are the only actors I know in Hell on Wheels. They're all I can't, I was shocked. great. I was, I'm shocked you knew that Common was in Hell on Wheels. Yeah. Well, I watched a lot of it because I worked with Anson on oh, it. Oh, that's right. That's he had to right. do a, a specific that's accent in like one right. episode in like the third season or something. Oh. So we worked on oh, that. Wild. And know, uh, so I watched a lot of it so I could hear what he was doing <laughs> to prep for it to be different for this episode. I see. I see. If this was made in like early 90s or 80s ving rames as dom oh, toretto yes that's, that's what I someone want. with like you can't turn the screen presence off impossible you, know? you can try but you will fail that or- guy not there's no potatoes anywhere near ving rames <laughs> he shredded those he's made hash browns <laughs> <laughs> he's making them hash browns or also early 80s it'd be so silly give me arnold schwarzenegger as dom toretto as a speed racer speaks just as clearly but it would specifically i would only want it if it was like commando and he would have to rip the car seat out with his (laughs) bare hands because he wouldn't fit in the car otherwise (laughs) that's what i want stupidest best movie it's the best movie i uh, i maybe we should watch it later tonight yes, we might need to watch it again because it's been a while it's it been has. months it's been months since i've watched commando know, one of the too, greatest films that's ever too made. long i even just to watch the credit sequence where he feeds a deer with Alyssa milano yeah i that oh boy i mean the introduction when it's just in extreme close-ups on arnold's like bicep it his is wild legs, his neck as he is hauling a tree an entire tree down a mountain and then yeah he is feeding a baby deer from his hand from his hand yeah. it's a perfect film uh now <laughs> as for the actors who were actually considered for dumb right off the bat timothy oliphant turned it down 
as he had just finished filming Gone in 60 Seconds uh-huh. and didn't want to do another car movie. And good on him, you know? I I mean, yes, ultimately, because he's, you know, he's carved he's out a great career and justified and stuff. Santa Clarita diet and all that. And I, I love Timothy Oliphant. I'm always excited about Timothy Oliphant in films. He's also like, I didn't remember that he was in Gone in 60 Seconds. And I saw that, as I said, so many times on TV. He's like one of the cops hunting that hunting them down you're talking but, to me like i remember what happens in gun in 60 seconds well they're stealing all these cars well, in that 60 seconds i remember and so one would assume some cops are trying to stop okay, them from doing that's so fair. that's fair and he is one of those said cops mm. so it's uh, this is such a splashier role it's such a different kind of yeah. role than that like i get not wanting to be pigeonholed but it's like as the types of characters you're playing yeah. are so different so maybe it was also like he was saying Oh, you know what? I just did a car movie. I don't I don't know. Opposed to I don't want to do your terribly written dumb dumb movie directed by Rob Cohen. Also, I can't picture him without a cowboy hat. Um, so we I would I'm down for Dom Toretto to be a root and toot and wrestle. Yeah. Root and toot and Toretto. Root and toot and Toretto. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in that. Yeah, Timothy Olfin, incredibly charismatic. He I feel like the closest to this would be um this average film a perfect getaway which is like steve zahn and Jovovich on their honeymoon in hawaii and there's like news of some a murderer couple that are loose as timothy alpha and his fiance who's the actor's name escapes me are like oh hey there guys like why don't we all hang out together safety in numbers we don't want these murderers coming after us who couldn't uh, possibly be us. us and Timothy Oliphant is just very like I'm ingratiating myself and in, in everything and even though you don't want that and I'm like I'm your buddy and am I your buddy am I gonna kill you I don't know let's find out movie and he's like <laughs> just a dynamic presence anyway I always love Timothy Oliphant put him in everything make it a one elephant show okay the elephant man a one man <laughs> show <laughs> wow real missed opportunity for Timothy Oliphant that he didn't do elephant is the elephant I mean, or even just like a, a one man, man show about talking about his career oh. called The Elephant Man. Well, if he's the career's still young, you know, that's true. But like if he wants to look back, you know, 20 years from now, if he wants to do a little career like his, his little one man Broadway show, The Elephant the Man. Man, it's too good not to use. Tim, I know you're a listener. It's too good not to use. You're welcome. Take it with our compliments. And that sound means it's time to play a quick round of two truths and some guy. The way it works, two of the following actors were up for the role of Dom. One was not. And Amy Jo is to guess which is which. Your options are Colin Farrell. Okay. LL Cool J. Okay. And Mario Lopez. Ooh, boy. Hey, Bubba. Ooh. Um, this is tricky. You've been on a really good run lately. I You've been annoyed. crushing it lately. I think you may best me this time. Oh, yeah. All the money's <laughs> to me. <laughs> All the money we never bet. <laughs> okay. Colin Farrell, Alan Kujay, Mario Lopez. It's just so stupid that I feel like Mario Lopez has to be a choice, but I'm going to say Mario Lopez. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. No, I'm done. I did it. Um, LL Cool J? That is correct. As far as I can tell, LL Cool J, not considered, a but good option. I'm interested. I felt like Colin Farrell had to be on the list. Like, this is, you know. This was vi- when they were trying to put him in every right? single movie known and to like, man. And, like, he's good. Yeah. This but, fe- but this feels like a movie. Wasn't he in that, like, phone booth movie or yeah, something? Like, yeah. I feel like this I think that's is the, next t- year. I think the type of movie that'd be movie. like, yeah, sure, put that Irish guy in the thing. But I'm like... Give me Colin Farrell as your Brian. 
I mean, that's the like. Yes, that's I actually mean, a better is, is interesting in like you know the when he gets to be like the more charactery parts. I agree. Or supporting roles, but he's also like I mean, he's a fine enough lead. It's also he is. I mean, to be fair, he is someone that can be very easily hampered, especially earlier on when having to do the American accent. I think that that's also one of the things that made me write him off. Mm. I think probably too early is like he's he's being forced into these big roles that aren't just of how he looks right um that aren't actually a great fit with like how he sounds and what actually he can do like, i do think he is very good in that film booth but then it was like the recruit with pacino and it was like he's just he's like you know the remake of total recall which mm-hmm. was like well this is very different from arnold schwarzenegger in a not good yes. way um and, but ll cool j i think would be a really good dom yeah. we're coming off of deep blue sea it's like the man has so much charisma yes i would want that uh but yeah the studio wanted colin farrell and did not pan out don't know for whatever reason mm-hmm. he didn't have anything i don't think he had anything else oh no he i think he had he, this movie young guns in 2001 um it was like we're hot cowboys it's the old hot cowboy movie <laughs> <laughs> we got scott can and colin farrell we got hot cowboys and you know what maybe the movie would have made more money if it was called hot cowboys hot cowboys young guns is close to hot cowboys young but- guns is a fun name it but is. is it telling the people what they're going to get? This movie, it, they're fast and they're furious. You know what you're getting. Yes. Young guns, I guess, but hot cowboys, now I'm interested. <laughs> now you've got the cougar population intrigue. <laughs> uh, and this might be whatever. This was I've, I've seen in multiple sources, so I'm assuming this is true. But Rob Cohen, along with Mark Paul Gothler, wanted <laughs> Mario... Imagine? Lopez, but studio execs feared that reteaming the Save by the Bell stars would confuse audiences. Yes. Well, I don't know if it confused people, but it would certainly put people in a particular mindset, you know? But I mean, actually, like Tiffany Amber Thiessen is like put her in like a one of these like girl roles, you know? Girl roles. One of the girl roles. Uh, instead, in 2001, Mario Lopez was in a horror film with Gary Busey called A Crack in the Floor. So this would be. Uh, you know, maybe he wouldn't be doing uh, the Colonel Sanders lifetime. Look, that's iconic. Mini sexy short film. That was instant icon- iconic iconography. Was it too late to bring Mario Lopez in as Vin Diesel's secret brother in Fast 9? Are we, are we past the point of Mario Lopez uh, being see, a major role in a blockbuster? I think that's possibly <laughs> true. But I think that he's now transitioned into doing a Ho- lot of hosting, hosting and, stuff. Yeah. I saw him on Broadway, you know. In a chorus, a chorus line. line, I was like in the Elephant Man. <laughs> I was like, I was trying to think what. Well, my mind jumped to the Cabaret. Mario Man. Well, no, I was like, was did he was he one of the MC replacements? And I was like, no, John Stamos did that, but I don't think Mario Lopez no, did he, that. But you were he, so he right. A chorus, line, chorus line, right, yeah. right, 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 right. So those are all the characters that I found other casting options for. There are a few characters we didn't mention. I want to briefly touch on them. Uh, yes, this actor Chad Lindbergh, who was the one that played Jesse, who mm-hmm. I liked him quite a bit. Yeah. I thought he was made a lot of his minimal screen time as the one that's like, I, you know, I've got ADD. So I would, I, cause Paul Walker's like, why aren't you at you MIT, MIT with these computer yeah. skills? Uh, and this, I didn't include as an actual one of the characters cause I'd only see this on IMDb. I'd seen in other places that Rob Cohen talking about Mario Lopez and, uh, Mark Paul Gossler, mm-hmm. I keep mispronouncing his last name. I'd seen in one area that he also wanted Dustin Diamond as Jesse. And that to me that is a bit too far out of believability. I don't I I would believe that he would be like, no, imagine the two stars of Say by the Bell together, but getting Dustin Diamond I think back you as get Jesse, I don't one think of the so. three. 
you can't well, of course you can't get two of the three you, you certainly, certainly can't, can't get, get three, three of the three, three. Right. but like i can see them thinking like why not dustin diamond for that like you know it's it's like if a it was green type you know like yeah I could see Seth. Green. I could yeah. see if Giovanni Ribisi wasn't too busy doing yes. Gone in sixty seconds. I could see that. Yes. Uh, but this guy thinks perfectly fine. I think and so too. Ted Levine, as Sergeant Tanner. I wish he had more to do. I wish yeah. he was costumed better. <laughs> he looks. I wish a, a lot of things. <laughs> um, yes, this actor Rick Yoon as Johnny Tran, who you very astutely pointed out that he is in Die Another Day. He's yeah. like the villain for like 20 minutes who then suppose I I've only saw it in theaters, but from what I remember, he supposedly dies and then comes back as Toby Stevens with plastic surgery. Uh, Big, huge question mark. Question mark. Um, uh, this guy, very pretty when they were punching Gorgeous. him in the face. I was you were like, very sad. I was like, don't do that. Don't That's, that face. like punch your own face. Vin Diesel, like don't don't punch, punch your own don't punch face. this now that's face. a baller move it's like i'm mad at you i'm gonna punch my own i'm gonna punch myself in the face i'm gonna go full jim carrey and liar liar i'm kicking my I'm ass kicking full, my ass a uh, full uh, fight club and, oh there you go full uh, fight know. club edward um, norton just no, shatter this glass table very pretty i was like why haven't i seen him in more um and maybe it's just the type of film i'm seeing but i was like maybe this guy is very attractive good job good job good job movie uh, there's Vince, this actor, Matt Schultz, who I looked up and was shocked that he comes back. I didn't remember, but he apparently comes back to the fifth film. I would have bet hard money that you would never see this character again because mm-hmm. what an unlikable character. Totally. But maybe age has mellowed him. Mm, I mean, probably maybe? not. Question mark? Don't know. Uh, yeah, we get like the one scene of Jaw Rule as Edwin. Old, old Fire Festival's Jaw himself, Jaw Rule. <laughs> What a ridiculous one scene as he is like totally cupping this woman's breast. Well, who's she saying, technically like, you, was like, give like, yeah, it's like you it. get this if you win this race, no matter what. If you but win if you, or lose. If you yeah, you get if this. If you win, if you win, you, you get also her get her. Too. And he loses he loses and he's just like, No, Monica. <laughs> that was, it, it was a great a line. Hilarious that line. That was the reading. best part of the movie up to then, I will say. That that was like yeah. the one time I laughed aloud. I yeah, I could have used a little more of that kind of comic relief. For We're sure. already so silly. It's like let's go even further. Yeah. Uh and Hector, this the actor uh Noah Noel Guglielmi, who's also Marino in Training Day, which I was like, what a good year for this guy yeah, to be totally. in like two big films and like two like nice little little roles uh and of course michelle rodriguez as letty who along with jordana brewster michelle rodriguez apparently did not have a driver's license or learner's permit which especially i'm like that as the franchise gets to like you are leading the charge driving and shooting like you've got to we got to get on with that and i'm like here's what i'm thinking we're introducing secret brother of dom why don't we introduce stephanie beatrice as secret sister to letty yes. get rosa diaz in the franchise yes. and her and letty can be getting up to some fights or her, i don't know have a, have a spinoff you got you know the rock and jason statham and their own spinoff maybe spinoff michelle rodriguez get her her own crew yeah i want to see more of her i want to see more of letty getting with her secret sister rosa diaz make it happen hollywood make it happen hollywood so final thoughts on the fast and the furious. Anyone we didn't touch on any any big moments that you were so moved by that you have to talk about them. No. <laughs> no. I'm I'm thrilled. This was very fun to talk about, but I'm thrilled to never watch this movie again. Understandable. Uh now there is the ninth one that is now in theaters or about to come out to theaters and scheduled is one more. The 10th film 
of the Fast and Furious franchise that is, as of right now, scheduled to be the last. This isn't including spinoffs. I'm sure they're going to try to make another Hobbs sure, and sure, Shaw sure. with The Rock and Jason Statham. And and I think, honestly, yeah, let's spin off. Let's fall, let's have a fun heist chase movie with Michelle Rod- with led by Michelle Rodriguez yeah. or led by one of the other actors in your crew that are like, not the diesel uh but this is especially the last one with the tagline the last ride so we'll see we'll find out if that is indeed the well, case because vin diesel's pushing you think he cares no we got harrison ford about to be 80 making another indiana jones movie oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vin, Di- vin diesel is like the main reason vin diesel was like agreed like i'll do more fast and the fierce movies if i could get the rights to make another riddick movie which is his character from right. pitch black that he is like trading off like he's getting to make all of his solo stuff that you've never like he made a movie based on his D character the i think the last witch hunter exactly oh vin diesel loves D. vin diesel because you know who's in the chronicles of riddick judy dench well that i know but did you know that he made her play D&D with him? That he was trying to teach her D&D? That's a real Mark Sinclair move. <laughs> this is where we see Mark Sinclair coming out. That is, this is very true. It's like, I'm Mark Sinclair, and I love my d and I'm a mage in d and I'm going to teach all my and D&D. And I speak very clearly until I transform no, Vin Diesel. And I don't And you know what? Good, good on him no, subverting those expectations to be open with that. Up Absolutely. to be like, no, big action star Vin Diesel is playing D&D. And no, I truly good, do. Good, great like that that's that's very fun it is surprising but that he's able to make a movie based on that character because he is gonna keep doing these fast and furious movies so they Mm -hmm. say it's the last ride i would be shocked if we don't get dom toretto popping up in at least three more of these Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so well listener if you're listening to this in the future you write in to and almost gmail.com and let us know do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at endalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. If you'd like to know what movie we're doing next week or just in general to follow our fabulous shenanigans, find us on Instagram at andalmoststarring. Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Emmanuel Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred. For the family. For the family.